0: welcome to episode 10 of the Brian the Pine podcast this is number X this is great we have a great show for you guys today talk about a little bit about the all-star game that happened this last weekend talking a little bit about Texas State sports and how they've kind of you know a couple of sports have uh, fallen apart as of late and we're going to go over Brendan's amazing predictions he's going to get a crystal ball pretty soon stick around MVP, MVP, MVP. Brendan, you made history this last week with your predictions for the Ryan the Pine podcast. You went four and one. I want to say that's the first time either one of us has done that.
1: Yeah, I need to go back and look. I know for sure neither of us have ever gone five and zero. 4 and one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this might be the first. Could be the second. But regardless, good week for me. I'll take it. Very good uh, week for you. Yeah, I just get a Cleveland a OKC is only the very first game. It's the only one I got wrong. And you remember when I picked that game? I said I'm picking OKC but I hope I'm wrong about this pick. I was wrong, so I kind of went 5-0 because then I picked Virginia to beat Miami, picked Kentucky to beat Auburn, picked Nova to beat Xavier, and picked Team LeBron to beat up on Team Curry. Getting more to that later. Fun, Pretty fun game. It was,
0: it was a really fun game. I think they did a really good job with the All-Star game this year. I know nobody pays to hear what I have to say, but let me tell you something. Uh, I, I loved, 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 loved the game itself the game itself was perfect the before game the middle game or the halftime show was terrible I did not like any of the before the pre game. I did not like the halftime show and afterwards I mean I think TNT should have just done inside the NBA I don't think they should have replayed the NBA all-star game just
1: back to back like that yeah it's kind of the first time they haven't were this is the closest they were to putting together the full package you know because they had the best you know one of the arguably most exciting games you know if people actually enjoyed watching it as a basketball game some might have their opinions uh but yeah like you said the pregame stuff the national anthem with Fergie halftime show is all right at best all right so let's go let's rank them real quick what was the worst
0: because a lot of people are saying Fergie I think people are sleeping on how bad Kevin Hart was in those introductions
1: oh yeah I got I saw a lot of people saying they'd now are tired and have to hate Kevin Hart just because of the NBA and All Star Weekend they they find a way to incorporate him a lot every year. It's too much.
0: I and my thing was too. I I'm commenting about this on Twitter that like Drake did a better job at the you know NBA awards show night with just making jokes. He did a better job than Kevin Hart did at making jokes. Like those I I did not think any of those jokes hit. hit. I think that he didn't check with the uh, the players with like hey are you cool with this? Like and B did not crack a smile. During, I, and I'm sorry, like if, if you, it's for the players, like the All-Star game is for the fans, but those introductions and everything, it's kind of for the players, especially the way we have set, it's set up this year with, you know, uh, breaking it down, Team LeBron, team, team Steph, so I, I'm
1: kind of disappointed in uh the pregame show. Just a lot of interesting stuff going on, kind of forcing Kevin Hart on us now, it's starting to feel like, so maybe next year they'll get away from it for a little bit, but talk to me a little bit about. We know what 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 made you enjoy the game more. Why was Joel Embiid?
0: Joel Embiid really. I, I'm not even kidding. Like the entire league is going to small ball. To, so to have a seven one guy on Team Steph when he pretty much was running with three shooting guards a lot of the time on the floor, having Joel Embiid on that court at the end, especially in crunch time, was killer. Like I loved 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 having Joel Embiid on the court. I mean LeBron James. I don't know about you, but I've only seen LeBron James get pushed around maybe once or twice in my entire you know, life of watching basketball. KG kind of bumped him one time, and there was one time that Dwight kind of bumped him in the playoffs where we actually, you know, saw him get, like, pushed around. Joel Embiid went up for a rebound yesterday and pushed LeBron. He called the offensive foul. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, called for the offensive foul, you're correct. But, I mean, we have not seen LeBron, you know, get bullied. And I thought Joel Embiid really – he said at the end of the game, he had a little quote, He's like, hey, I think I'm top 10, top 5 player in the league – I think I proved it I think he did too I really do think that Joel Embiid was arguably one of the 10 best players on the court last
1: night yeah, and I want to I like Joel Embiid I want to be on the Joel Embiid trade and I, tr- I try but I didn't even know Andrew's actually currently wearing the Joel Embiid jersey so lift up his sweatshirt trust the process uh I do I do I really want to li- like Joel Embiid but it's just so hard to rank him above these players who are out there you know playing every game every, you know playing more minutes in him, putting up more overall points in him. Yes, what he does in his small and his sample size is fantastic, but I just don't know how much stock you can put into that. You know, if you if you're a GM and you have a top five, pick to pick a player to build around a team, are you taking Joel and in that top five and trusting it? I think at this point I would. I, I would take Joel Embiid five
0: and I took I would take Ben Simmons fifteen. Honestly, like of the best players in the league, I think that they are Two of the top 15 players in the NBA. He was amazing. Team Steph kind of struggled. We talked about the shooting, uh, that his team was built, you know, running gun. LeBron's team was kind of built more of a traditional basketball team. Uh, So I kind of like that dynamic. I like that LeBron won in the end, too, kind of showing traditional basketball, you know, will stay around for at least another couple years.
1: I definitely, I knew towards the last minute of that game, you know, that game was really close tie game, one point game. You know, it was one possession Mm -hmm. point this whole time. I was like, okay, LeBron's going to come up big for Team LeBron. And then you ask you asked me when on the couch who gets the last shot for Team Curry, it has to be Stephen Curry. It's his team. And I felt like it's a minor thing, but that's that's them doing it right. You know how how much satisfaction do I get out of that if James Harden takes the ex- last shot exactly. or Demar Derozan? Yeah, if Demar, yeah. DeMar Rosen is the game winning three, if uh, yeah, sure you hit the game winner, but if Steph Curry hits the game winning three for Steph Curry's team, it's much bigger. So I kind of like that. You know, LeBron had the last uh, bucket and that last uh, assist to Westbrook on that go ahead layup to make it a three point game, and then. Steph getting double teamed by LeBron and KD at the end. So there's two things we want to talk about. First off, it's Russell Westbrook
0: versus Joel Embiid. I want to really get into that dynamic, and I want to get into the Steph Curry dynamic a little bit too. Steph Curry dynamic first. And I think you echoed something that a lot of NBA fans said last night that Steph Curry isn't clutch. That you know he he kind of struggled in the all. It's an All Star game. It's kind of just a you know, it's not for anything. But he struggled down the stretch. He's never, He struggled most that game. He's never been the best player. He's played in three NBA Finals to this point in his career. He hasn't been the best player on the court ever. No Finals MVPs. No Finals MVPs. Is this, is this something you kind of hold against him now, especially because of what we saw last night? He, you know, The way he ended up was on the right side of the court, you had James Harden, DeMar DeRozan. Curry brings the ball up, kind of gets pressured, goes right to the right side of the court, forcing now, instead of having one defender maybe two defenders on him now he's got almost four defenders pushing up on him what would I know you kind of echoed like hey this isn't didn't make a good play this is the first time he's played with these players before so I don't hold too much against him but what do you think
1: yeah I think I think Curry was thinking that they were going to let him get a shot off you you know even when he's playing in you know, regular season games, maybe some playoff games. He can still find space to get a shot off. He could not find any kind of space when you have a seven foot Kevin Durant who knows you guarding you, and you know the all six eight of and, uh, LeBron and his athleticism swarming around you. I will say this:
0: that Kevin Durant, we kind of said like, oh, is Kevin Durant going to let Curry take his shots off? Is he going to let Draymond and Clay get his shots off? We didn't really know. And I think that if he would have let if he if he didn't pressure
1: Steph as hard as he did, I think that he. Gets crucified this week, and, yeah, and if, if Steph, you know, gets some space and shoots a fadeaway, and the picture comes out of him shooting over Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's not gonna live that down. No, he's gonna hear about it in practice all the time. That's how the Warriors are, you know. Uh, Draymond, Clay, Steph, they like to have fun. They'll be picking on him, you know. Just it's, it's a small little pride things in that game.
0: So I'm very happy with that. The other thing was Joel Embiid murdered Russell Westbrook in the regular season. He murdered his career. I'll never forget Russell Westbrook getting dunked on by Joel Embiid. In the All-Star game, there's a couple chances for Russell to kind of try to sneak up on him. I will say, Joel Embiid, this is another reason why he's a top-ten player in the league, that he kept his head on a swivel. He did
1: not get put on any posters. He, he was, uh, to break down the play, he hit a deep three. You know, It was kind of a really deep three. Then you know, when we saw it coming, splashed it, great shot. When he was fading back, you know, backpedaling, he's kind of celebrating, throwing up some three-point symbols. And whoever threw it in, threw it in deep down court to Westbrook, who's already a little bit past half-court on the left side. Tried to go, looked like he was about to, you know, rev up and try to punch one on Joel, and then decided to try to go to the left hand and swoop layup, and Joel Embiid swatted it. I think what he saw is he forgot that Joel Embiid is a seven-one <laughs> human being. He was like, ooh, this
0: isn't, this is not going to end up uh, great. I think that I think that we're going to see this for the next couple years. With Russell Westbrook, Joel Embiid going back and forth because Russ is not going to like. We talk about living things down. You saw Draymond Green made a business decision with LeBron coming down the lane. He's like, I'm not, I'm not in any. I'm not in any hurry to get dunked on in an All-Star game, so he kind of stepped out of the way. But we, I think this is a dynamic we see. I think we see a Joel Embiid, Russell Westbrook kind of mini feud, little mini beef going.
1: Yeah, maybe you know those two teams don't see each other very often in the West and the East. I don't see those teams meeting in the finals in the next couple of years. Uh, trust the process. Uh, uh, one of them. One of them could make it. I'm not saying I don't think both would make it at the same time. I'm, you know, I'm doubting the Thunder. Uh, <laughs> and I'm doubting the 76ers as long as LeBron James plays in that conference. Um, but yeah, it could be. You know, when because when most of this happened this year, remember they had that what the double overtime game earlier this year and they mm-hmm. played on Prime TV. And then uh, in that one, I want to say it was like a Saturday afternoon game or something between Thunder and 76ers and that's when Westbrook got dunked on. So they've put up some highlights. They put up some big games. Hopefully, it could be a nice little small thing that we can add in just to have when those two teams play. Because
0: I'm saying like the primary East-West conference, Eastern Conference, Western Conference matchup is always going to be LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers versus Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors and Kevin Durant and Clay and Draymond, and all that's going to be the main dynamic. I think Houston and Boston. I think that's a very interesting East-West dynamic. And I think 76ers-Thunder. That
1: could be the next one. I, I, I enjoy it. I loved every minute of it. Nah, I can agree with that. I can't think of any other teams in the West that jump off the counter any team on the East because you know Toronto doesn't have a team like that. Utah Miami, that would be. I think that's a really fun matchup too
0: because Miami has a Miami's culture is completely different than Utah's. Not basketball. Just Salt Lake City versus Miami. It's it's fun. I I love that matchup too, especially when Miami goes into Utah. I feel like you're hinting at a little Catholic versus convicts like uh, <laughs> <I'm laughs> matchup. Mormons versus convicts. <laughs> I, I, I like it. I, I enjoy that dynamic, and that's where we're going to great segue. We're going to get into the next point. Adam Silver was talking one to sixteen seating, and he said this probably is not going to happen in the next couple of years. But it's it's the NBA is moving towards that direction where the East has been so bad for so long. Well, hold on, pause. Not bad just not as competitive as the west cuz the east is still very fun to watch continue the east and west matchups uh kind of been lopsided to the west i think that they kind of want that top 16
1: teams from this point on i'm liking where they're going with this what do you think i like it a little i like it and there's also another side to it yeah it would be cool you know get the 16 best teams in there blah 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 you know i'll get i guess i'd get over the uh the traveling aspect of it you know if you're boston and i have to play a seven game series against the clippers that could you know go coast to coast uh, a couple of times in the week not going to be that fun but the tweet i'm looking for is kind of too far buried but one of these guys said yeah it's an interesting thing but also you know you're going to lose some of those interconference matchups that you like uh that just add a little bit more fire i like, like i, I, I can always see you're going to get against this but when you know right now when boston and washington play that's a really good series. There's history uh, of a good series. You're gonna, you're gonna say the bad teams between Portland and the Clippers when they've been in the playoffs. They've always put up these really good series. I was gonna say
0: the Clippers and Golden State. That's a different one. I don't know.
1: I you could so but, but then la you get, but la then you, and San Antonio. Yeah, that's exactly. A historically good one. But you get some good ones like uh, if I saw one earlier this weekend. If, if we're, the playoffs started today and that was the matchups, the one sixteen seed like that. The uh, Timberwolves be playing the Bucs. That would be a cool matchup. I'd like that matchup.
0: And that's a pretty close one. I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where the Trailblazers are going to Miami. I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where Golden State is having to go to New York for a you know long distance. I don't think we're going to get to that point. Travel has become so much easier, and the primetime schedules are so much easier now, too, where instead of having you know all the games played on one day, now you're having to travel by train or something. I, I think that we are moving in that direction. I'm loving it. I really do want a b like a Boston, a Boston, uh, you know, Clippers rivalry to just sprout up with Doc Rivers still there. That would be fun. Um, if if Portland ever gets like really, really, really good, a Portland, um, Washington series, I like that one too. I think that would be a fun one. Dame versus John Wall. Yeah, there's just so many opportunities with this. I love every minute of it. I don't know. I'm a big fan of this one to
1: sixteen seed. I mean, I'm fine with it. Kind of either way. I don't think there's anything wrong with with the setup right now. It's just kind of more of us as fans, you know, getting a little more greedy, saying, "Oh, with this team, you know, two games better than the eighth seed in the East, or the ninth seed in the West." Because I can agree with that sometimes. Like right now, I think Utah's like might still be the ninth seed in the West. They've won ten straight games. You know, I want to find. I want Utah to be in the playoffs. I I want Donovan Mitchell to play in the playoffs. Exactly. So I get it in that aspect. Be interesting to just see how you know look at it. Definitely. Probably try to give it a try at least a couple years. Maybe it's time to shake up Some I'm, I'm just kind of ready for something new. I, I am too. Now, speaking of things that are new,
0: this is not new. Scratching our head at the men's basketball team. That's where I thought we were going. They have dropped six straight games. And I know we talked about this on the podcast last week, that we would not be shocked if they lost six straight. We kind of said, like, hey, you know, this isn't – Well, I, we both said we could see them losing to Louisiana for sure, and then ULM could be, like, you know, kind of a sneaky game. They lost by eight. hitting the panic button well how hard where is the panic meter right now
1: uh i've about jumped ships on the team now i've been you know i I stuck with them as much as i could but you know after another game like this where even you even got offense going a little bit but this time you couldn't stop ulm you go 79 to the warhawks to one of the you know bottom half teams in the sunbelt conference really upsetting uh yeah, I don't know. I've kind of kind of been let down, but maybe they can surprise us come tournament time. You know, they got these last three games of Georgia State, Georgia Southern, UTA at home. Then they get the Sunbelt Tournament. Maybe if they can get something going, get us excited again, because all the energy around the basketball team has died. I've, well, I'm not keeping up with it as much as I was. Well,
0: like I said, they lost six. They've only won one of their last seven. So, I mean, it's not... it To me... We we've been saying okay it's the defense oh it's like you're not not the defense it's the offense you know all this all this different, different type of stuff I mean now at this point you gotta question the coaching like I I'm sorry you never want to do that but like you gotta kind of question the coaching you gotta have to say like why isn't why isn't this team competing for Danny Casper why is this team losing in overtime you know back two times in the six game losing streak they've lost in overtime by it's, two points <laughs> by two points yeah so it's, at this point it's I I don't know if it's the players. I don't want to blame coaching, but it's kind of
1: you got to kind of start being like, "Hey, see, yeah, it's easy to f- start finding on coaching now." But did you have the same energy when they won seven straight games? Were we were we praising the coaching when they beat Coastal, South Alabama, Troy, Arkansas State, Little Rock, Monroe? It was six in a row, and then they lost to Louisiana, and they've lost, and then came back, beat Georgia Southern, and, and, and then now they're on lost this six in a row.
0: So look, ever since that, oh, okay. Ever since the Danny Casper has said that hey this is a you know we're competing for Louisiana we're competing with Louisiana for the one seed it's been difficult uh, they haven't won a whole lot of games do you think that kind of that, played a that, factor in that was
1: that's really where the turn, turning point lies and especially after the ULM game is that Thursday night I remember being at that game in the post game you know Nigel Pearson I've said it a couple of times now on air, on the podcast. Nigel Pearson, though, called out on on Thursday night saying, "I wish uh, the ULL game was now. I'm ready to play it. Feel like good basketball. Strand, four o'clock. Be there. You know they're really they're hyping it up. He wanted it to happen. Where is that same energy? Then they went out, and lost by 25. <laughs> okay, let's bounce back and beat Georgia Southern in a close game on the road. It's a good win. And then ever since then, just downhill. Six straight it losses. Needs energy. You think
0: it's energy? You think that they they came into conference with? You know, unrivaled but, energy, and now all and, the other conference teams ca- have caught
1: up. And be, being a fairly young team, not a lot of experience, easily they could be, you know, falling up. Not I don't say falling apart, but breaking down a little bit towards the end of the season. Then at, at the same time, you know, all these conference games they won, they won that winning streak. You know, it was wins by five points, three points, eight points, six points, two points, three points. No double digit wins. And all these losses, you get the UL one, the twenty five double one. digits. But then you get a four point loss, a two point loss, a three point loss, a two point loss the last two against louisiana with a 10 point loss and an eight point loss one double digit loss so that even when they're playing poorly they're still playing close so well, who do you blame i don't know the, the luck of the bounce at this point i don't know <laughs> i can't find a i can't find a clear-cut scapegoat for this
0: interesting women's basketball has done very well i want to do a little bit of reckless speculation real quick tasha levitt did not go to louisiana with them i don't know maybe she doesn't like cajun food or maybe there's something deeper here is how deep should we look into this no, I
1: definitely want to try to get some answers. You know, we've tried talking to the, the SID. Uh, we didn't hear anything from Coach T on air. We haven't. We just haven't got any word. All we just kept hearing was, "Did not make the trip." Coach's decision. Coach's decision. Trying to avoid, you know, starting rumors. But I mean, there can only be a, a couple possibilities. With the most likely one being disciplinary. Disciplinary. I, we don't know if it's disciplinary. We, don't, we know. don't know if it's injury. We it, don't know it, if it, it's she, rest. She could have had a family matter. She attended and didn't want to release the information. We we don't know. So. It's tough. Well, they but, won these saying, games. Regardless, yeah, regardless, they won both games. her.
0: Do we say that Tasha Levitt is where do we put her now? Because we do these power rankings, we kind of say like who's the most important player. We shouldn't, but we do. We've said Taylor Deer. We said Tasha Levitt are probably one A, one B. Broccoli was that third wheel. Blew up against UL, ULM. Has
1: twenty one points. She had twenty four the game before that against UOL. She went off in both games. Forty what? Forty five points in two games. That's a very she impressive. She also grabbed ten rebounds in that ULM win.
0: Double double. Yeah, I saw that. It was, it's great to see you know the Texas State athletes backing each other up. I saw the football team blow up with Brooke Holly getting a double double. So that was nice. She's a nice young player, sophomore player, really filling in the role with uh Levitt being gone. Tierra Pitts had a pretty good, pretty solid game too. Had 19 points, so you almost had three players in 20 points, which I was talking on air today. I don't know if that's the uh I don't know if that's the first time that's happened this season, having three players in 20 with 20 points, but I think this is the first time we had three players
1: almost in 20 points without Levitt being one of them. No, I, I'd comfortably. Agree on that one. Also, shout the Tierra Pitts four blocks in that game. Uh, those two games, uh, t- uh, Levitt was out. Uh, Brooke Holly's sister Bailey Holly got the start, but in that ULM game, she played just five minutes as a starter. Turned the ball over. That was her only recorded stat. Then DeBrasia Batty, the uh, or Batty, whichever the transfer transfer from South Plains College, she played uh, exponential minutes. We haven't heard her name at all this year. So as you can see, maybe you know Tech State. Building some more depth, you know, look at the future a little bit. She's a junior. She should be back here senior year. Just a lot more to like with the women's team than the men's team. Well, we talked talked about this at the beginning of the season, that Coach G is kind of infamous for having
0: a very tight bench, that there's like, you know, five or six players that are really rotational players, and then the rest of the bench kind of is, you know, there if something happens. If an injury happens, if a disciplinary issue happens, if somebody can't, you know, show up, if somebody has a bad night, that's really what the rest of the team is for. Hold on. This team now looks very deep. This team now looks very young. This team now looks like it could be a team that gets invited to the NCAA tournament. I was I'm, you know, a pessimistic guy. I've said, like, hey, this isn't a team that, you know, is gonna get invited if unless we win conference, we're not gonna get a shot. Tierra Pitts, you know, very solid player. Broccoli very solid player. Tasha Levitt, Taylor Deere have been, you know, I've seen them on my ESPN ticker at the bottom of the screen. So they're getting a little bit of national attention. This could be a team that gets invited. I don't want to, you know, count my chickens before they hatch. I wanted them to go on and win the Sunbelt Conference, but if they play in that title game, I could see the the uh, committee being like, "Hey, we'll uh, we'll invite them."
1: Yeah, definitely. Just got to put on uh, a good showing if they if they show the right there with Little Rock. If you know, if you're playing Little Rock, you can't get blown out. You gotta you gotta show that you're worthy, maybe on Little Rock's level, and you know, saying the championship game, they only beat you by you know a few balls that bounced the wrong way, a few possessions redeem yourself on a neutral court rather than when you got blown out by them earlier playing them on the road uh you could definitely build your resume a little bit baseball has a really good day Nick, nicholas phrase my guy has a really nice night five innings i was i was fully prepared after friday's game to be like all right we're gonna hop on this nicholas phrase train everyone on campus should know nicholas phrase name did you see what Connor Reich did the next day? Yes. Did you? <laughs>
0: I was very... I'm very impressed with this pitching. This pitching staff is doing a very, very good job. Well, this is why, too. And I love Nicholas Frey's, and Nicholas Frey's mom reached out to me on Twitter, and we're going to meet up one day. But here's the thing. Uh, the bar was set very low for this pitching staff. I did not know what we were going to get. I knew that the offense was really going to, you know, be hopefully a dominant thing. That opening night was cold, uh, you know... The bats didn't show up. Nicholas Frey
1: did a good job. Five he, innings. He, he did five innings, I believe six strikeouts. But well, we can't ignore what was it, four or five walks. He, he definitely walked too many batters. Uh you know, that sometimes that just happens first game of the season. What, what uh, was
0: it? Two earned runs, right? Something like that. One or two earned runs. So I mean it's not like I don't I don't think that he had like a great or I don't think he had a bad night. I no. think that he had a very good opening night.
1: Yeah, a yeah, solid opening night. Uh just Gonna keep an eye on that. He had, a, he had a he had a walk issue last year. He walked a lot of batters last year too. I had the game log on me, so I just noticed that. But Connor Reich the next night on the ten to one Bobcat victory over the Cowboys, he went seven innings, t- two hits, eight strikeouts. That's it. No runs, no walks. He he had a dominant game. Very dominant.
0: <laughs> I'm I mean, it's it, it. I feel this team is gonna be up and down. Oklahoma State was picked uh, to finish pretty high in the Sun Belt or not in the Sun Belt, the uh, Big Twelve. Very high to pick in the, in the Big Twelve for a baseball conference. That's a very good conference with Texas and TCU in it too. So Oklahoma State, you know, playing as well as they do, just on a normal. The, the, basis. The defending Big
1: Twelve champs, Oklahoma State. They had won the Big Twelve last
0: year. In yeah. The tournament so play. So this is this is a very good team. Uh, I you know I wish that we could have stole that one yesterday, that six five loss. I wish that you know the Bobcats could have gotten that one, but you know, uh, on to the next one. They play what they play in Houston to play the Rice Owls. Pretty soon, right?
1: Yeah, they'll be playing Rice uh, Tuesday night, the 20th, and they come back home for a series against McNeese State. And, you know, that's how baseball works. You get a weekend series, you get one midweek game, you get a weekend series, one midweek game. It'll be the trend for a a little bit. I I like this a lot. Talk about Texas State softball. Randy Rubb, greatest pitcher
0: ever. A thousand and twenty strikeouts, the all time career leader in strikeouts at Texas State. We joked about it on air. I'm not gonna joke about it here. Her number's gonna get retired. Whether it be in the next two years, whether it be in the next five years, I can see this number being in the outfield pretty
1: soon. I, I think it definitely should be. This is the you know, one of the most dominant athletes you ever had come through the school. You most ha- accomplished. You, yeah, you have to recognize that even, you know, regardless of they make deep runs this year, not just as an individual standpoint, looking at her talent, her accolades, she deserves it. And that's what number of retirements are. It's not like what did the team do. It's what did this
0: individual person do. Randy Rupp, uh, biggest super fan. I love Randy Rupp. I thought that you know she's she's really the workhorse for this team. Uh, the rest of this pitching staff, though,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I it's, think it's it, kind of shaky. What pitching staff? It's it's Randy Rupp. It's just, it's the first like one you know player pitching uh, core I've ever seen. Well, if you weren't paying attention in the uh, Littlewood Classic, they played in Tempe. Arizona, sorry, that's emphasized the Tempe for personal reasons. Tempe, Arizona, Arizona okay. Uh, they went four and one in that, beating Illinois State North Dakota twice, San Diego, and their one loss came to the only D one school, Arizona State, in extra innings, four to three, four to three loss. So not a bad showing in that tournament from them. Next, they get ready for the FAU Strikeout Cancer Tournament, so they will be in. Florida. I'm not even gonna say city. Boca Raton. Rotten. You know how to say that. Something like that. Yeah. You know, it'll be in Florida. Still gone for a while. UTSA game. Texas A&M invite. So we still do not see him again until March 7th when they host Houston Baptist. Are we trying to go to Texas A&M to see that game? That's intriguing. That's on. That's a uh, was well, an invite. So it's a weekend tournament. I, I'm. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll play A&M on Saturday, March 3rd. I think that'd be a fun road trip. You want to do it? A lot of D1 schools in there. You get Utah, Louisiana Tech. It's not bad. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that in mind. That's coming up in a few weeks. Louisiana Tech has pretty cool colors. I I, I can get behind this. All right. Well, that might be something we're gonna do. All right. Take the podcast on the road. <laughs> uh well, I guess now we will get to everyone's favorite segment. Andrew, you ready to make picks? I am ready to make picks. I'm not ready to give you picks, so I have
0: taken my lucky rabbit's foot. I have, you know, got my golden horseshoe. I have done a whole lot of research. On college basketball teams. I listen to basketball. I pretty much go to sleep listening to basketball, waking up to basketball. It's a uh, ball is life, Brendan. Yeah, I, so I, I, I'm ready for this. I, I can validate that. I can indeed validate. I am ready for this. So I want to tell a little bit of uh, side story. Uh, I went to bed watching the Golden State Warriors on NBA TV. You woke up knowing how to shoot threes. <laughs> there's that I woke up and I you know was just shooting everything every time I touched the ball I was taking a shot no I fell asleep and these games were on the west coast so at like 9 30 I woke up to the NBA you know live you know, sound you know it's like the uh I, I can't I thank god I can't you know recite it but for all that day the entire day I had that jingle stuck in my head of just like you know the waiting like hey your game is over Exit out. You lose Yeah, move on with your life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was it was something. I woke up at like two thirty, so I guess the game had just gotten over. But it was it was something else.
1: Yeah, gotta be careful with that. I fall asleep watching things. I'm lucky I haven't had that problem in a while. Definitely had it before. All right. Well, I'm trying to find more filler game, but go ahead and give me on uh, a Tuesday night, 21st ranked West Virginia Mountaineers at a 19 and eight overall, eight and six in conference against an unranked Baylor Bears team in Waco. Baylor, 17-10, and 7-7 in conference. So just two games behind the Mountaineers win-loss-wise, one game behind them in conference. Mountaineers, Bears, Waco, what you got? All right, Mountaineers got robbed. Highway robbery.
0: I love their coach. I love their team. This is going to be a team that's going to make a run in this, probably in the NCAA tournament. I'm really liking the way this team has played all year. If they don't get in the NCAA tournament, this would be my clear favorite to win the NIT. So, I'm going to go with the Mountaineers. Uh I, I think I really do think they're going to blow Baylor out in Waco.
1: Interesting. I'm a I've always had always, I've always liked Baylor a little bit, especially for basketball. My neighbor worked for the basketball team. He took me to their games. I sat courtside. Saw him when Isaiah uh, Isaiah Austin himself was there. I Got to talk to him. So I don't know I've always had to think for Baylor. Got a bunch of free Baylor gear. We're off that Baylor wave B. Alright, let's go to some, some good SEC basketball action, best conference in every sport. The Florida Gators, unranked right now, but 17 and 10, 8-6 in conference. Going in to play 19th ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Same thing. 19 and 7, 9 and 5 in conference. Just a few games separate those those two teams in the SEC
0: East. I like Florida a lot in this game. It wouldn't be shocking to me if Tennessee dropped this game. The big or the top twenty-five has had a bad 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 record right now of just dropping games that they shouldn't drop. Teams losing games that they shouldn't lose. So I'm gonna go Florida.
1: All right. Hopping into some Friday NBA action. Don't like the, don't like any of those first games on Thursday, so we'll skip over that. Some Friday action. Tell me who do you think is gonna win? The Milwaukee Bucks at the
0: Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors. I like the Toronto Raptors. They've been really hot right now. We need Milwaukee to lose for the Celtics to regain that number one seed. I think they have a two game lead right now, uh, on the Celtics in the East. I'm liking uh I'm liking Toronto in this one though. They've played really well as of late. I think this all star break is going to do a whole lot for him. Dwayne Casey didn't get a whole lot of rest. Lowry and uh, DeRozan didn't get a whole lot of rest. But you know, I, I really do think that they have a shot this year at making a deep run in the Eastern Conference. All right, we're still in
1: another fun personal one. The on also on Friday, late night, West Coast, you know, NBA after dark hours. Prime time tv the dallas mavericks at the los angeles lakers these two teams just played right before the all-star break and uh, isaiah thomas's first game as laker they played Isaiah thomas had 20 points assists. mavericks won that game scored 130 points to come back from the all-star break bottom feeders 18 and 40 dallas mavericks you no know, we're tanking for luca or 23 and 34 lakers where i thought i heard rumors of lonzo coming back after the break
0: I, I sure? heard I heard something about that too. I'd like Lonzo to play in this game, but I'd like I like the Lakers in this game a little bit more because I do think that the Mavericks are act, actively trying to lose games. We're in the second half of the season. We only have about 20, 25 games left uh, for a lot of these teams. The Mavericks need to fall about. They need to lose about. I want to say fifteen of these next twenty five games if they want to get a really good, really good pick, a top two, top three pick. So I I think the Mavericks are going to actively lose games. Which, at the same time, I think that hurts Rick Carlisle. Uh, It's a little sidebar here, but having him lose all these games, that's not helping his... He's going to be
1: a Hall of Fame coach, but it's not going to help his winning percentage when he gets in. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, you have to sacrifice some things. and Just on a personal note, I'm wearing my Maverick shirt right now. I st- I still can't see the Mavericks actively tanking. You know, trying to lose. You know, they got too many veterans out there. Wes Matthews still gonna be playing a lot of minutes. They're still trying to get Dirk. Dirk's out there still playing. You know, his twenty to twenty five minutes. Those guards ain't gonna go out there and just actively give up a game. But yes, they have been playing a lot of the younger guys more. I've been seeing Kyle Collinsworth play more. Uh, Doug McDermott's been playing down the stretch. They've, they've been buckets. They they've been playing a bunch of these young young guys in the last in the in the clutch, which I'm okay with. I will say this That's how you get better You either retire a
0: hero Or you live long enough To see yourself tank games Continue with these picks
1: (laughs) Oh yeah I I, I, I forgot we were doing picks I got sidetracked there So I believe I got One more game To throw you It comes on a Saturday Saturday Big uh, The ABC game It's always a good one To throw in there Oklahoma City at Golden State. Oklahoma City's had Golden State's number this year, I believe, right? 2-0 against them, 3-0. I want to say 2-0 against them.
0: I'm going to go Golden State. I don't think they'd lose all three games against Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, this is this is a really a good matchup. I like this matchup a whole lot. I think Golden State is going to... I think they're actually going to put their foot to the gas a little bit more in the second half, of uh, or especially in these next couple of games. Because I saw... An Andre Dalla quote. I saw a Steph Curry quote. I saw a little bit of Clay Thompson and Draymond Green talk. This is the first time in a while that they haven't been the number one seed going into the All-Star break. And Andre Dalla said it, I think he said it best. Like, hey, we were worn out. We're going, we're attempting to go to four straight finals, which has not been done outside of LeBron James. Like no, no team, the Miami Heat did it with LeBron, but a LeBron James Heat team or a LeBron James team hasn't done it since, you know, I don't I don't want I want to say like the Lakers in the late like the late or early '80s and stuff. This is this isn't something that's done a whole lot in the modern NBA. Yeah, so
1: some people really kind of take for granted. You know, just, they just assume oh Golden State's going to be back in the finals. Oh LeBron's going to be back in the finals. It is not easy playing an extra what 15, 16 games a season compared no, to everyone no. else.
0: Almost twenty games a season, honestly. So I th- I think that they get that number one seed. So they're going to have to win this game to
1: get that number one seed. I'm excited for that. We've seen. What last two? I don't know if it was the last time these teams played on Saturday night, but we know that Saturday night game that was that famous Steph Curry game winner when he just casually pulled up from just inside the half court half court line pulled up. Last time we saw Golden State on Saturday night, they were playing the Celtics. Steph Curry went for forty nine. Saturday night, Steph Curry's night. (laughs) Yes, uh, the Warriors and Steph Curry likes you know the ABC primetime games. You
0: give me a lot of hard picks. Thank you so much for listening to the Riding the Pine podcast. You can find all the Ryan the Pine on the Texas State Student Media SoundCloud account or on the KTSW blog where we have all of Bobcat Radio. We also have all of you know great sports stories, features. A lot of content coming out lately. A lot of content got, got coming out Got a lot of lately. people on staff wanting to write. You can listen to Bobcat Radio every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for a live Texas State sports talk. Thank you so much for listening. Get off the bench and get out there.